Now, church, I don't know if you've ever felt like that before in your life. Um, I sure have. Um, it's very easy in this world that we live in, which is uh, full of heartache. It just is. I wish it wasn't. But there's struggles, there's problems, there's sin, there's trials, there's tribulations, there's wishes that never come true, there's dreams that are never fulfilled, and it's very easy, even in the mundane things of life, to feel empty and feel like you're missing out. In our passage today in John chapter 20, John 20, the Gospel of John, when I'll read the scriptures today, um, we find someone that's just like that, feeling that way. You see, in John 20, this is right after Jesus had died on the cross, and uh, he had been laid in a tomb, a borrowed tomb, and uh, one of his truest followers, Mary, uh, came to the tomb uh, that Sunday morning, uh, brokenhearted, feeling very empty. In John chapter 20, in verse 11, it says this, it says, but Mary stood without at the sepulcher weeping. And as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the sepulcher. So Mary is there on Sunday morning. Jesus had been dead for three days. Their Messiah, their Savior, the one who was supposed to change everything. But now he was dead. And they had watched him die. She had knelt at the cross and seen him uh, bleed and, 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 and cry out and cry out, it is finished. And they, she watched as they took his body down off that cross and the pry the nails out of that cross out of his wrist and, and, and carry him and wrap him up in the spices and the aloes and all those different things that they used to do back then for burials and, and lay him in a tomb. This tomb had been guarded by Roman soldiers with the emperor's, the, the governor's seal on it. Brokenness filled the heart of Mary and all the followers of Jesus Christ. He, Jesus had told them that he was going to rise again, but they just, they just maybe didn't get it fully. So Mary's now standing outside the sepulcher, outside the tomb there, weeping, upset, hurt, feeling empty. And it says that as she cried, as she wept, she, she stooped down and, and looked into the tomb. Listen, not, not only had he died, but now she had, she had found out just in a few verses earlier that the body was gone. Earlier in chapter 20, it says that they had gone that Sunday morning first. Listen, she came back a second time. Sunday morning, they went first and, and realized the stone had been rolled away. And they looked inside, and there was nothing there. And they thought, not only did he die, not only did our Savior die, but someone actually came and stole the body. So she ran and told the disciples, then came back after the disciples came back and looked around and said, man, what did we do? They left. Mary's here at the tomb by herself now, broken. Not only had he died, but now someone had stolen his body. In verse 12, it says, after she looked into the tomb, she sees something. She sees, in verse 12, she sees two angels in white sitting, the one at the head and the other at the feet where the body of Jesus had lain. And they say unto her, women, why weepest thou? Verse 13, she says unto them, because they have taken away my Lord, and I know not where they have laid him. Now, I don't know about you, but I feel like if I was upset about something, crying, brokenhearted, even something as tragic as what she was thinking, and I looked inside a tomb and saw two angels sitting there, I feel like I kind of forget my problems for just a moment, but Mary was so distraught, so broken, so empty, even though she looks in there and sees these two angels sitting in this empty tomb, and they say, why are you crying? She doesn't even say, hey, wow, there's two angels there. She goes, and she tells them why. She goes, because they took my Savior, they took my King, they took him, and I don't know 
where she is. Verse 14. It says, when she had thus said, right when she said that to these two angels, it says, she turned herself back. She turned around and saw Jesus standing and knew not that it was Jesus. So, so I don't know. You've ever, been, you've ever been standing somewhere and you just feel like somebody's watching you or like right behind you? You ever been that way? I have, that's with my kids all the time. I'll be sleeping. It's like 2 in the morning and I'm like getting a good rest and I'm like kind of in and out of sleep. And I'm like, there's someone standing right next to my bed. And like you don't want to look because it might be like a clown or something. So it's like... And it's just Charlie standing there like this at me. <laughs> and you're like, that's creepy, dude. I remember when I was a kid, when I was a kid, I had an older brother, younger sister. And um, my brother, me and my brother shared a room right across the hallway. My sister had her room. And um, middle of the night, my little redhead sister, who's just, I wish she, if she's watching, you're still as annoying as you ever were, but I love you for my little sister, right? You got little siblings, you know. And I'm sitting there in bed, and we're, we're like half asleep, and my door opens up, and the light is on the hallway, and it's my sister standing there. She's probably like eight, seven. She's just standing there, like staring at us. And I'm like, Katie, what do you want? Like, get out. What do you want? And she just stood there, like a horror movie. She's just like, Katie, Katie. And then we thought she sleepwalked. And like any self-respecting brother, we tried to confuse her. So, because she's just standing there creeping, looking at her. We said, Katie, the trees are coming. Katie, the trees are making up stuff, trying to freak her out. So then we're like, Katie, what's the deal? She turns around and like starts walking back to her. I'm like, Katie, what are you doing? What's going on? And she turns around at the last second and just like, just, it's creepy, isn't it? You know, like, hey, man, that's creepy. That's, but Mary's there at the tomb. The body's gone. She's talking to angels. And it says she kind of suddenly just turns around, like, Randomly, the Bible chose to tell us that. And I'm thinking, probably because she felt like there's someone behind me. I feel like there's someone watching me. She turned around and it's Jesus standing there. But she doesn't recognize him. Maybe because she was crying so hard or so distraught. Maybe her eyes are filled with tears. We don't know about to say why she doesn't recognize him, but she doesn't. In verse 15, Jesus, Jesus said unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? Who seeketh thou? Why are you crying? What are you, who are you looking for? She, supposing him to be the gardener, saith unto him, Sir, if, if thou hast borne him hence, tell me where thou hast laid him, and I will take him away. She said, she turns around, thinks it's the gardener, and uh, apparently gardeners work on Sundays in Bible times, but, but she thinks he's the gardener, and she turns and he says, why are you crying? What are you looking for? Who are you looking for? And she says, she doesn't even answer the question. She says, if you took him, if you carried him away somewhere, just tell me where he is and I'll go and get him. Which, which really shows the heart of Mary. She was so consumed with Jesus. Maybe her faith was a little weak, by the way, like ours is often, because she didn't believe that he'd risen. She believed he'd been stolen. His dead body had been stolen. But she says, just tell me where he is. Just tell me where you put him. Just tell me where you laid the body, and I will go and find him. And Jesus, I love this. One of my favorite scriptures in all the Bible is after she says, just tell me where you put him. You know, Mr. Gardner, tell me where you put him, and I will go. And find him in six, verse 16. Jesus saith unto her, Mary. That's all he says. He just speaks her name. Mary. She turns herself and saith unto him, Rabbi, which is to say master or teacher. And she sees Jesus and she recognizes him. When he speaks just to mention, I, I bet you it was a whisper of, his, of her name. When she says, tell me where you laid him. And he says, she recognizes. Church Easter, you know, listen, we don't buy a bunch of Easter lilies and decorate and try to practice a bunch of music. There's, 
So we can have a really great service. It's really not what it's all about. Although I have to remind myself of it sometimes. What a day like today is about, and really every Sunday, is celebration of a risen Savior. That, that's, that's why we're here. Listen, that's why we, my family and I moved out to the Cape to plant Coastline Baptist Church. Not just so we could plant a church and fill it with people. No, because we are celebrating, we are rejoicing in the resurrected Savior King, Jesus Christ. Easter is about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Uh, the resurrection of Jesus Christ is about hope. It's about when all hope seems gone, Jesus is still alive. When all hope seems uh, faded away, and listen, there's Good Friday and, and the death of the cross and, and the silent Saturday when, when you don't really hear anything what's going on. And I read yesterday, my cousin posted this wonderful post about that silent Saturday before Easter morning and how God works in the silence, doesn't he? He does his greatest work when life seems quiet, when we don't have the answers. It's when God is working, and especially in the story of the resurrection, on that silent Saturday when, man, the tomb was sealed and Jesus was lying in the tomb uh, dead. God was at work. And Easter morning comes, and with that sunrise on Easter morning comes a new day, a new dawn of hope, uh, of peace, uh, of salvation. That's what Easter's about. An empty tomb, we, we watched that video about emptiness. An empty tomb can fill your empty soul, can fill that empty heart. Oh my goodness, church, every one of us, from the pastor to all to our kids. Listen, you know what we do in our lives oftentimes? We're constantly trying to fill voids. We're constantly trying to fill that emptiness that we feel that's there. Because this is a broken world. This is a fallen world. There is corruption and, and sin that's corrupted this world. And life is hard sometimes. And we feel empty. But the hope of Jesus, knowing that he lives, the hope of Jesus leads to a changed life. That's what Easter is all about. Because we can be just like Mary. We can be just like Mary on that Easter morning. Upset, anxious, worried, scared, uh, angry even maybe. Upset just with, with the things that life throws our way. Goodness gracious, church, if you think that, that I'm the kind of guy that never has issues and never has trials because I'm a pastor, man, that's false. I know that all, all, every single one of us faces trials, and in those trials and troubles and troubles, sometimes worriness floods and anxiety creeps in and, and fear, uh, it, it just invades our minds. We, we're like Mary, we get angry, we weep, we sometimes lash out in our stress. Because we see miracles and blessings in our lives every day, yet still struggle to believe. Mary's Mary's standing next to Jesus. Jesus is alive, standing next to her, and she doesn't even see it. She doesn't even recognize it in church. Isn't that just like us so often? We, we, we can find, I'll just speak for me, I can find so many things to worry about, to stress about, to complain about, uh, to be upset about, and, and, and all the while be missing the miracles in my life. The miracle of having four precious boys. The miracle of having a wonderful wife. The miracle of God giving us our building. Last Easter, we were in the, two Easter's ago, we were live streaming from my house. Last Easter was our first Sunday in this old dilapidated building. It was cold. It was dirty. There was a big echo because there was no carpet, no paint, no walls. It was a mess in here. But we were rejoicing in the celebrated resurrection of Jesus Christ. And a year later, here we are. 
in a, in a permitted building. Listen, if we're not careful, if I'm not careful in the midst of stressful circumstances and the trials of life, I miss the miracles and blessings that are there every single day. The fact that we can wake up in the morning, swing our legs over the bed, and stand is a miracle. That we can take a breath of fresh air. That we can sing and worship God. That we can uh, pillow our head at night with a roof over our head. These are miracles and blessings. I've seen God do miracles in my life. I, I, I've, I've prayed the prayer for a specific amount of money to pay a bill, to do this or that, and watched God provide it. Even this weekend, I've seen God do a miracle for our church, for my family. I, I remember uh, six years back when my wife was getting ready to have our son Charlie, and, and at the hospital, uh, suddenly there was a problem with the, with the birth and with the delivery, and we had to do an emergency C-section, and it was all the nurses and doctors were freaking out, and, and I'm, we're going to save this baby, and I'm standing there like a clueless dad, like, oh, and I'm freaking out. They all run into OR, and I'm sitting in the hallway by myself, freaking out, crying, stressed. My wife's going to be okay. Is my son going to be okay? And God protected, and God, and Charlie's been running around all morning like a maniac. The miracles of God in our life. This church building that we sit in this morning, Church, coastline, is a miracle of God, and you know it. But so often, we miss it. And as we sit there in our stress and anxiety, we're missing the miracles, missing the blessings. Pity parties, kind of letting that inward voice, our own flesh and our own voice, talk to us and lie to us and freak us out. Then Jesus, when Jesus speaks to us, when Jesus whispers that name, when Jesus says, Donald, it's all right. I feel like he says, chill out, man. <laughs> it's all right. Jesus speaks. Sometimes we don't even recognize his voice, do we? He tries to encourage our soul. He tries to maybe use a song to, to bless our heart or a person in our life to encourage us. And it's God using that person. It's Christ using that song, that person, that scripture, whatever it may be. Uh, just the voice of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And we, just, we don't even get it. We miss it. It's like, yeah, but this is really hard right now. And we miss and we don't recognize the voice of Jesus Christ. We assume that when life is tough or when things aren't going our way or when a tragedy strikes, we think that God has forgotten about us. We think that, that God isn't paying attention to my life. He's obviously focused on other people and not me because my life's really hard right now. And I'm upset and I'm up all night crying and stressed and worried. And obviously God is not paying any attention to me. The truth is Jesus has been by your side all along. He, he has been there for you all along. He has never left your side. He has never forgotten you. Problems and trials and struggles do not show the absence of Jesus. No, problems and trials and struggles prove the presence of Jesus. That's what our trials do for us. They don't show that he's not there. No, they show that he is there and gives us the strength to move forward, the strength to move on. Because it's not about our strength. Because we are weak people. I'm a weak person. But the strength of Jesus Christ in me allows me to take another step. And it's the same for you, church. Someone needs this message this morning because in those moments of emptiness, in those moments of stress, he speaks her name. He calls out to us. He speaks peace and truth to the lies in our minds that, that corrupt us, that mess with us, that stress us out, that give us a guy. He is our strength in the middle of trials. He is our peace in the middle of problems. That's 
our resurrected Savior. He is the forever enough Savior for your issues. That's who he is. He is the forever enough Jesus Savior King that you need. Often, though, what do we do? We wait until we're so unbelievably desperate to reach out to him. We wait till that, like, bottom rung. We wait till we have literally nowhere else to turn. We're at our wit's end. And then finally, you know, I probably should just rest in the Lord. Don't wait until you're desperate to reach out to him. Listen, church, every one of us here, we're here for a reason today. You're sitting in these chairs for a reason today. And I don't know who needs this reminder. I don't know who needs this truth on Easter Sunday morning. But you need to know that you have a God, you have a Savior who loves you, who cares about you, who sees you where you're at. He's not ashamed of you. He wants to save you. He wants to give you hope. He wants to give you peace. He wants to give you stability. He wants to help you, give you strength, and give you guidance. And listen, nothing else in our life can give a fullness of all those things. A better job will not give you full peace. A better relationship will not give you true, lasting joy. All the money in the world will not give you a solid foundation. No, the only person, the only thing, the only person that can give you peace of heart is Jesus Christ. And he can do all that because he rose again. Amen. He proved that he was God. He proved that he was enough. He did what no one else could do. Church, will you respond to that voice this morning? Will you respond to that call this morning. Will you give him your heart this morning, church? Let's bow our heads for just a moment. We're through. Will you give him your heart this morning? Will you give him your life this morning? Maybe you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior. You've never trusted in Jesus Christ to give you an eternal home in heaven. You've been, you've, been, you've been doing your best to be a good person. But listen, the Bible says, the Bible says the wages of sin is death. Sin separates us from God. That's what it does. The Bible says it. And you know what? You're not alone. I'm a sinner. The Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There is none righteous, no, not one. We're sinners. We can be jerks. We can be impatient. We can be lazy. We can be liars, all of us, every one of us. You know what? Jesus loves us anyway. He forgives us anyway. The wages of sin is death. Heaven is a real place. Hell is a real place. And if you die without Jesus Christ, you'll spend an eternity in a place called hell. But Jesus made a way for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's what our God does. He made a way. God showed his love to us. He commended his love for us. And that while we were yet sinners, in the midst of our sinful state, Jesus died for us. Jesus died for that soldier that nailed him to a cross. Jesus died for Pontius Pilate that sentenced him to death innocently. Jesus died for those who stood at the cross and mocked him and made fun of him and spit on him. Jesus died for those people and he died for you. And he rose again for you. Would you accept him this morning? Would you give him your heart this morning? Maybe you're a Christian. You're a believer already today. Would you recommit your life, your heart to him this morning? You know what? I've gotten away from the joy of Easter. Now listen, Easter should be in our hearts every day of the, the year. 
We serve a risen Savior. Will you give him first place in your life? Easter is a day to look back with gratefulness, yes. And it's a day to look forward with hope. We can look back and say, thank you, Jesus, for the blood of fire. Thank you for rising again. Thank you for being victorious. And then we can look forward and say, because I serve a risen Savior, because I trusted in Jesus Christ who rose again, because of that, I can walk through this world with hope. He can be my firm foundation. That's what Jesus, we say. Maybe you're here this morning, you've never accepted Christ. If that's you this morning with our heads bowed, I think someone's looking around. Maybe you're here and say, you know what, Donald? I'm ready to give my heart to Jesus Christ. I'm ready for a change in my life. I'm ready for some peace in my heart. I'm tired of living this way on my own. I need Jesus in my life. I'm not going to call you out or embarrass you at all. Would you do something for me? If that's you this morning and that's your heart, would you just look up at me so I can just lock eyes with you? Anybody else? Thank you. Thank you. If you'll give me a moment after service, I'd love to talk to you. I won't, enter, I won't do anything right now, but thank you for being honest. Our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed. Listen. Don't let today just be another day. Don't let it be a day that you go to church and you're there and you like it and then you walk away. No, today, Easter, what a day to give your heart to Jesus Christ on Easter Sunday. Listen, you need to hear this truth. You've been feeling empty. You've been living a life on empty. But there's an empty tomb. There's an empty tomb that can give you hope. You're here for a reason today. God saw fit for you to be at this church this morning at Coastline. Don't waste an opportunity to give your heart to Jesus.